going on, YouTube fans, Facebook fans, Going Bracket Racing followers, everybody, how's it going? Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, enjoyed the, enjoyed the weekend with your families. I know I did. I probably gained about 10 pounds to add to the 25 that I already needed to get rid of. So, hey, man, I'm on a diet now, and, and I'll start lifting weights tomorrow. So what's going on, Casey? What you got going? Not a lot, man. Just uh, same old, same old around here. I did take off the last – I had to have a – I had to burn a bunch of vacation because with all the COVID stuff going on last year, my wedding was supposed to be last year, and then it ended up getting moved to this year. So then I ended up, I've saved up a ton of vacation time, and then I had to, it wasn't going to roll over. So I took off 10 days. I'm like, well, this is the perfect time to rebuild the 468, get in the Firebird, ended up doing a million extra things to that car. Uh, it's just, you know how it goes, man. But at the end of the day, I think that, Pretty much everything in the driveline, cross your fingers, should be as new as new can be for the most part. So hopefully we won't have any issues and realistically, unless I want to this time next year, I don't think I necessarily have to, at least I won't completely rebuild the motor. I'm sure I'll still take it apart and look at the bearings and stuff like that and probably throw new bearings in it while it's apart. But uh, if I don't want to next year, I don't necessarily have to take the motor apart. That was the goal. So I got brand new heads brand new valves i used the pistons over uh, i got brand new rods got the crank magnaflux it looked good and everything so that shouldn't be a big deal um, other than that man everything everything else is pretty much brand new on on the motor so hopefully we'll be good for a while pretty cool pretty cool yeah man i know i done i done a little bit of work i won't call it a lot but i've done a little bit of work on mo get the s10 ready and and I think I might have winterized a little too soon. I think I see a race at Extreme Raceway this weekend. Of course, I had obligations already, but uh, three grand to win for a hundred to enter, that's normally right up my alley. And uh, of course, the truck's winterized. That, that's not much to change. I mean, I could change that in a matter of seconds if I want to, but but I do have something going on. So I guess I, you know, at the same time, it's, it's not that bad of an idea. But so yeah, we ended up getting a fuel line put on Mo and, uh, I heard you complaining quite a bit about stabbing your fingers there. I didn't really get any finger stabs. And I have my old man down here with me for Thanksgiving, so he helped me out quite a bit getting everything solved on it. So long story short, we did locate the problem to my fuel woes, and I think we can uh, call that one on wrapped up. Um, pretty, pretty good amount of junk going through my fuel system, which we have changed. Pretty sure I'll be getting a hold of somebody for a uh, filter to go over the top of the uh, carburetor there. Um, as I run a few dusty tracks, you know, just keep everything clean as possible running through my fuel system. But, uh, yeah, man, let me give a few shout outs over to Lorenzo Martin. I see you over there from North Carolina Bracket Racing Pages. Thank you, man. Always sharing us. You've been here for a long time with us, Lorenzo, man. I'd really like to get to meet you in person one of these days. I'm out there with Casey in the Carolinas and, and maybe we can shoot the breeze in person as opposed to on live with YouTube and Facebook. I got David Stidham in here. He says, what's up, GBR? What's going on over there? And Ron, Rondell Dow got some uh, quick 16 top sportsman races going on, looks like. And those are going to be taking, taking place in April and May. Rondell, if you'd like to uh, promote with us here on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel, feel free to give me a call. We'll get those flyers and everything lined up on here as soon as possible for you. So uh, there you have that. But as always, guys, it's open discussion. Uh, let us know what you got going on. If you got anything you you have going on for this uh, for this off season, but uh, hang in there for a second. We're gonna get a word from TSR uh, Racing Products. Racing Products has everything you need to make your Power Glide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at tsr-racing.com or give them a call at 800-394-5889. All right, guys, thanks for hanging in there. Certainly a big shout-out to TSR uh, Racing Products uh, for coming on the whole year. We're going bracket racing, guys. We can't thank you enough. Anything you need transmission-wise, guys, TSR is the place to go. So look them up. Look them up. Go on their website it's pretty intricate they have live technicians things like that you can you can get all the help you need what do you think casey 
Yeah, man, and not to mention the fact that uh, remember how we did those couple hundred dollar certificate giveaways last year? Well, Will just sent me three of them this time in the mail. So we have three, this many, individual $100 certificates that we're going to give away throughout this off-season, man. So if anybody's doing any kind of transmission work, literally the only requirement is going to be to be subscribed to the Gold Racket Racing YouTube channel. So as long as you're subscribed to the channel, uh, if you're not, just go over there and click subscribe. It doesn't take any time at all. It helps us out and it'll get you entered for one of these TSR certificates down the road. I'm sure we're probably gonna try to give one away per month, man. So we know everybody's in their off season right now trying to get everything back together. And if you need transmission parts, good part about these guys, everything's made in the USA in-house there. So you get everything from them and you know you're supporting us. You're not supporting somebody else right now. Yeah, can't beat it with a stick. Um, definitely shout out TSR. And uh, guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It's pretty easy, pretty easy to do. I got a shout out for Sean Pickerton right here. He says he's been pushing pretty hard. Looks like he tore down his car after the Halloween Classic, uh, wherever that was. You know, we had quite a few of those going on. Um, pretty, pretty interesting time of the year come Halloween. But he says, and he started to order parts and getting things on order, just afraid of availability if wait too long. Well, I think I got a remedy to that problem. I don't know. Hey, I was having, you know, some things happen when I took the spark plugs out of old Mo. I had to hit up old Champ's performance. And, man, I tell you what, he's got parts ready to go, Sean. So, hey, man, head over to Champ's performance. Thank you also for coming on for the year over at Champ's performance. Steve McCoy, you the man. Uh, Champ's performance, you guys, if you need parts, I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to get them. Even like I've said it before, even when you think you can't find them, Champ can find them. Exactly, man. I actually called him uh, sometime in the middle of last week. I, you know, obviously until you put the heads on and you don't really know your rocker arm ratio until you put your heads on and everything so you don't know what push rods you need. And uh, I randomly was looking and I'm like, I'm trying to find a part number or something. I'm going to call champ here, but I'm noticing out of stock, out of stock. And these are on the two major sites, the ones we all go to. And I'm like, man, I can't find any of these. And I call old champ and I not only do I call champ, he answers the phone and I say, hey man, I need this and I need this. He said, cool, let me look it up and I'll call you back. He says, I got these in stock, I'm ordering these and they'll have them in two days. Guess what, I had them in two days, got the motor together, good to go, man. So this is the type of stuff, the type of stuff that you can call champ for is if you have an incident, so to speak, on a Saturday or something, he'll get your parts to you soon enough where you don't have to stay up all night on Friday night and put it all back together and get to the track and you're all tired. He can get them to you probably by Wednesday if you call him in time, easy. And then you slap everything together, test it in your garage, make sure everything works, and you go out there, refresh, go win that race on Sunday, pay those parts off. Yeah, man, not to, like you said, get a good night's sleep. You're not thrashing on Friday night because your parts just showed up. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I haven't had a negative experience, not once, and I know you haven't because we talk about it all the time, to where right. Champ was more than two days. I'm in Texas, you know, so um, it should technically take longer in my opinion, but it doesn't. So um, special shout out to Champ. Uh, guys, remember, if you're going through parts right now, you guys are getting ready to tear down stuff, it's that time of the year, you need something, you can't find it, Man, just find that part number, and uh, if you can't get a hold of Champ, we'll get a hold of Mir Casey. We'll get, we'll get you a hold of Champ. That ain't going to be hard to do. But uh, remember, that part number just makes it easier on the person trying to get the part together for you. So um, that's all you got to do. So I don't know, Casey, man, what, what else we got going on? We can, we can easily pick up kind of where we left off. I know we didn't, uh, we didn't have a show last week uh, due to both of our families being in town there. And, um, there's, I mean, there's quite a few things we can pick up on what do you think we got uh, i think actually we got something over here we got uh so we got fixing used race cars saying what's up bracket racer 9662 said he's actually heard of rondell's races uh we got champ dylan champion over here and he's asking me who is this champ character you guys are talking about <laughs> he just well. says he's lonely old steven over there no big deal yeah, I, I ain't going to call them what Brad Gephardt calls them. They have a, a, a lot better of a relationship than what me and, hey. me and uh, Champ have. So, 
this last uh, what month or two months, he's definitely been earning his nickname back, hasn't he? Come right out of retirement, coming out of retirement, probably taking home, I don't know, maybe a half million or so. Maybe something like that. I mean, guys, if you haven't heard of Champ's performance or Stephen McCrory, did you even watch the Great American uh, Guaranteed Million? Did you watch the OG Million? Did you watch the OG? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was down in the deep rounds the last couple of cars left, as a matter of fact, by both of them. Um, so, uh, Champ McCoy raced Tyler Bohannon, as everybody might know at this point, in the finals of the guaranteed American Million. And uh, <laughs> he was 12 red, but I think I'd have been 24 at that point. This is a million dollars I'm talking about. I'm going to try to knock right. the tree off of the hinges. Um, hey, man. But, yeah. And something about that race also, did you notice, I know you noticed, obviously, but on the Gold Racket Racing Facebook page, if you noticed, we actually reposted one of the Great Americans' posts and they tore Tyler's dragster down to taking the axle shafts out, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, that car's legal as legal could be. And I, I'm actually, for one, I actually appreciate Britton Galen going to that much, uh, you know, and nobody, I'm not saying that I or anybody else thought Tyler was a cheater or anything. I'm just saying that I enjoy them going to that extent of actually taking somebody's car and actually taking it apart down to the point where you take the axles out and they looked in the parachute they looked everywhere man and uh it's just nice to know with all this money on the table because they're you know and i don't i don't necessarily think the people are really out there um doing it on a regular basis but there are people who can figure out how to do certain things and there's enough money on the table right now that you might be tempted to do those types of things because it could give you a really good life um, if you're not like us and just love racing, you know, mm -hmm. I would never risk doing that because I don't want to get kicked out of racing forever anyway, uh, let alone just the morality of it. But the point is, is some people might just want to do it for a living. They can make their money and just be gone and they just go live their life, you know. But, uh, you know, like I said, nobody thought Tyler was cheating, but I do think that's really cool that they took it down to uh, down to that level. And I'll tell you what, I know people were talking back about it, but you give me $325,000, I'll take every single bolt out of my car, and I might just give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, you kind of brushed up, and this is actually a, a decent topic, I would say. We can stop here for a minute. I see the chat starting to move on, on the topic uh, as we speak, you know, but that, definitely something I want to see a lot more. Not only do I want to see that the car has been torn down, I want to see that the car, car has been torn down on social media, where everybody can see that the car has been torn down it's a sense of um comfort in knowing you're going to a big money bracket race who not to, the biggest of money bracket races yeah. to see that they care so much about the winner or the, the the whole program itself that they're tear the winner down all the way down to you know excessive as sean pinkerton is saying here and i'm just going to read his thought here because i think it it rang true across the internet quite a bit now not from me i'm actually a fan here uh, of how well they tore him down. But like you said, Casey, you give me 300 and however many thousand dollars, I'll, I'll give you the boats off the joker. You, you can take whatever you want, right? But I thought the teardown was a little excessive at the point of disassembling the rear end. Uh, Sean Pickerton says, yeah, I, I don't understand why they went as far as the rear end. I know that you can probably put something in a rear end quite easily. Uh, yeah, you can put something in there. So obviously somebody with a mind well enough to think on, let's go into this rear end and take a look, uh, had, has his or her reasoning behind taking apart that rear end. So Sean well, Pinkerton, hey man, that, I definitely feel you when you say that and hopefully whoever tore it down was wise enough to put it back together in the first place. Hey, they right. probably got the best the best doing it. So doesn't well, really I mean, worry me. Like I said, I've got a check for 325,000. Uh, Mike right. Hickey, what's going on, man? Glad you chimed in. David Ferguson, what's going on? Glad you guys uh, stopped by the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel and uh, get entered into these drawings and things. But you go ahead, Casey. No, I was just going to say that uh, I, I understand where he's coming from on that whole deal. But uh, on the other side of things, too, um, on the other side of things, also, to take axle shafts out is typically like five nuts. And you take the brake, uh, the, the brake caliper mount off, and the whole thing just slides out. So... It's really, it seems like it's excessive, but it's really not that big of a deal. You just slide it back in, no big deal, bolt them back in. Right. So uh, so while it seems like a lot, it's not terrible. And I, I kind of just stand by the deal of 
I think every one of us, if they said, we're going to tear you down to nuts and bolts and you give me a $320,000 check or you or Sean or, or, you know, champ, bracket racer one, et cetera, et cetera, all in here. But you just sit here and I, you do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Have fun, boys. <laughs> tear yeah, the thing I'll down, you. you know. Call me when it's done. <laughs> and I, I, not to say that it's not happening pretty much on all the big money bracket racing scenes especially the higher ones, the, the million, probably the OG's doing it, probably the, the I know SFG's doing it at the 500 and his million, um, but you know, it's just good to see it. Um, it's, it's a good food for thought, it's a good peace of mind because everybody uh, who's anybody has that thought process, hey man, this person could be cheating, he's on such a roll, how is he winning that many races right. like this and stuff? So well, what's number he doing one, to do it? Well, you just said it, the roll. The role is what it's on. Confidence means a lot and being on a role. And I think to a certain point, you can gain enough confidence where I think you can get to the point, because I've been on one of these roles in the past, you just don't care anymore because you have nothing left to prove. So, and I wish one of them roles would come back, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Sooner than later, but, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe I probably haven't had one of them for 20 years, but uh yeah, man, I really do think you can get on a roll to the point where you're just like, I'm, I'm actually having fun now, and I really don't care what happens anymore because I've done so well already. I don't need to prove myself to myself or to my right. opponents right. anymore. Right. And right. Uh, old speaking of teardowns, though, uh, old racer over here on the YouTube side says, uh, I like the teardown. They have it in super stock and stock, so why not record race? It's a great question. It really is. Um, and and the, the answer is it's it's there, especially at our big money events. Now, I feel, you know, um, I feel sorry for anybody who ever gets caught doing it in the first place. OK, uh, getting blackballed out of drag racing is something that a lot of us love. Like if you're doing it for that reason, then, hey, one day it's going to catch up to you. You get caught at it. Hey, feel, feel your pain, man. You're probably not going to be allowed on the bracket racing, any racing premises at that matter. Um, so but definitely. Uh, I like to see that those rules have made their way from from the super class, you know, the super classes on over to the bracket racing scene, which is, in my opinion, super class extreme itself. Everything is so close to the number, everything. So from the reaction time to the to the to the how much you took at the stripe to, to how your car is running. But here's Sean Pinkerton again. And he says the idea of GPS isn't feasible racing down to the thousands. It's too slow. But tooth technology is catching up. That's Bluetooth. I'm right. sure. Uh, understanding right. electronics and functionality is truly has to be hardwired or programmed into the ignition. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat, number one. Um, I think last last person was caught cheating that I'm aware of was way back when. Something called a dirty dozen, if I'm not mistaken myself. I don't know right. anything about it. I'm a little. I was a little younger at that point in time. If I had, they were all stay so. So they were using a uh, something called a Matty box that uh, basically it was wired into the tack and it had three LEDs. I think and it it was very basic and realistically today the cars are so good that I I think if you even had it it wouldn't help it you. Wouldn't work. Um, but basically I think it would flash an LED or the tack would go to a certain number or something like that. Uh, and it would tell you if you're going fast or going slow, basically. So uh, drive shaft sensor um, 15 years ago. Speed you up, slow you down, probably. or tell you to speed up or slow down, something yeah. like that. I do um, know that you could still buy it on the internet until recently, because I actually randomly look it up every once in a while just to see if it's still there. <laughs> it's still Bill, Bat Bill Batson's on here. He said, uh, he said sorry, he's late like... Uh, He's late like his lights, and then got old racer under it saying he must be old too. But he says, yeah, that's the Matty box that they were using down there with the dirty dozen. Yeah, Sean um, Pinkerton's taking a, uh, making a good point here too. He's saying either way it goes, if you're going to wire something, it's going to require a 12-volt, a constant connection. You can't do it over RF. That's too slow. It's got to move through the air. You can't do it through Bluetooth. But presumably that's too slow. Um, it's got to move through the air. So I get that, man. You definitely, anything you're going to do is going to have to be hardwired somehow. Um, just like even if you guys think about it, we're all on wireless right now. And if you take wireless and you got a computer and you hardwire into that computer, how much faster do you think your computer's going to move? Well, it's going to move megabits at a second faster just from plugging it in. So, Sean, you make total sense for sure, man. Um, right. where, where you'd have to have something hardwired. But 
No, that was an excellent, uh, excellent stop in a, in a conversation. Guys, keep them coming. This is open discussion. Okay, so um, keep them coming for sure. We do have some. Uh, we do have a couple things that kind of relate in here in the in the chat on the YouTube side also. That uh, so first of all, Champ's saying, how about the boys at the Footbreak Frenzy this week? Blah, that was a lot of stuff to say right <laughs> there. Did you notice that? How about the boys at the Footbreak Frenzy this past weekend? Them boys and girls are ruthless. And then you got a lot of people in here talking about, yeah, it was tough there. Um, he says he got sub-20 packs laid on him every single weekend. But the thing I wanted to go back to is, proud to be a bracket racer in here, says footbreak races should be leaving, should not be leaving off a button, period. So they should not be able to use a trans brake. And that's something that I've always thought was interesting, too, because I've, I've always thought that if you're going to trans brake race, then you should just run Super Pro or top ET, whatever you want to call it, and be done with it, meaning mod ET or pro or whatever you want to call it, why aren't they just leaving off the foot brick? I don't, I've never understood that. Well, and, and since we've had to go on Bracket Racing YouTube channel, Casey, we've kind of been schooled on names of classes, like what we used to call pro at Gateway. Right. Most of them were leaving with the trans brick button. Right. Right. Uh, and street. Well, they were leaving off the foot brake, of course. Right. So I, I think it's already embedded to an extent. I think it's just all up to who's throwing the race. You know, I know there's a you can't use a trans brake foot brake race going on out there somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. And I know that there's other classes that'll say, oh, you can use the trans brake if you want. I think that's more so preference. Either way it goes, I believe it takes an ample amount of skill to be able to either with your foot or with the button hit off the bottom. There's only a few people that I know that can be deadly consistent. And if he wants to come on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel and tell us how he does it, nasty, and y'all can finish the race, the rest, uh, come on on, man, Mr. Nasty. Come on on here and, and hey, tell us what you got speaking, going on. <clears throat> speaking of them, uh, Champ said right here, I saw a weird thing this weekend as well. Nick Hastings was in the re-entry round back-to-back uh, -back days. Wow. That is that is an interesting sighting. You don't see that very often in the entire year, oh, let alone in the same weekend. So I don't know where Nasty Nick is from. Do you? I feel like Ohio, Ohio or right? something like that. And he's in he's in Carolina, which is the mecca, kind of one of the largest bracket racing scenes on cool. on our whole country. Right. Right. And so, speaking of uh, North Carolina bracket racing page, they're actually building a brand new track in Roanoke Rapids, right there at the Virginia line. So, saw that. Toronto posted that up the other day. No, but going back, going back to what Champ said there, it's, you're racing up against the best of the best off the bottom. I know you're the best at this current point in time, especially if we were going to look at at, at uh, cash vouchers that say so. You know what I mean? But um, in, in in Carolina, it might be just a little bit different, and that could be why you saw him in the buyback round. Uh, number two, he's got a target on his back, guys. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah, Champ, you right. said you got twenty pack laid on you, man. Think about what they're going to try to attempt when that old little bitty old 3,000, what is it? A S3, I don't know what the thing is called. What, what T1000. Kind of when the T1000 yeah. pulls up with you and you know that that's the nasty man on the other side. I said, I'm going to call him that nasty man. But when that's him on the other lane, you better be 10 total. Better be something low or he's going to put you in a trailer. Well, and here's, a, uh, here's another thing, too. Uh, I was watching a, a different show earlier today or listening in on a different show and a guy was talking about uh, when he used to bracket race, he figured, you know, he would try to be 10 total or something like that. And uh, and if you can get inside it, then that's fine. But then the other guy says, yeah, but if you're, well, he didn't take it in the direction I wanted him to take it, which was if you're 10 total and everybody knows that all the time, like somebody like Nick Hastings is probably sub 10 total most of the time. Well, guess what? Like you said, now you got a target on your back and everybody knows, okay, they were saying, oh, that's what they were saying. They were saying, oh, well, you've already gotten your opponent's head because they know you're going to be 10 total. Well, the way I see it is actually you're in trouble because everybody knows you're going to be that good, which means they're going to roll all those numbers out and be like, well, I got to take a shot because it's worth a shot because my normal deal isn't going to win. You know what I mean? Work. So I probably wouldn't have won anyway. So guess what? That means you're going to be like two total on this old boy sometime. And he's going to get some crazy stuff thrown at him. And it's not necessarily a good thing all the time. That's, I think that's a true statement. And I think it, it that's a statement that is correct for anything that we do in sports, period. Uh, let's just say the, 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 the whoever the best football team, I think Green Bay is probably up there pretty high right now. 
everybody who plays against Green Bay, are, they're going to play at the top of their levels possible because they know it's the best team. You know, they're never going to come against you and think that they can take a playoff on you because that's going to cost them the game. Um, uh, Sean Pinkerton mentions Brian, and I think his last name is Siridu. Uh, oh, Sarudi. Sarudi, there you go. Yeah. And he says he's one of the best uh, letting uh, swapping feet. So I think he cashed in for twenty grand at the uh, Loose Rocker event. Uh, good job, yeah. Mr. Sarudi. Sorry, I, uh, I messed up. The game there. <laughs> don't don't punch there me. There we now. go. I messed look, it up. I'm sorry. Look who just showed up, Troy Abercrombie. Uh-oh. Saying, look at look at some guy and another guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We've been, out there, we've been wondering where you were, Troy. Kevin Griner's actually showed up too. He says third ball throwdown has a bottom class and a foot break race. Uh, they combine later, you know, they combine the two. I think later on in the day, like double entry race. Who cares about mm-hmm. bottom or foot break? It's bottom ball break. I'm kind of there. To let go of a trans break button, let go of a foot, come off your foot. That's preference to me. I don't right. think it takes. This is just me talking as a person who's not a foot brake racer, okay? You feel free to comment in the chat, you guys who are foot brake racers, but I don't think that the, the, the curb is that substantial between letting go off the foot and letting go off with your hand. I don't think it's that well, big of a difference. Here's I, what I would likely say. Likely it is, and, but I don't know. Well, here's what I would say. The, uh, the, what I have learned with my Nova was I have uh, – the I can't remember what the specific name, but it's it's the dial for your RPM launch, right? Got you, got you. It's like dial a launch or dial an RPM or something like that. Launch module. Well, anyway, it goes in 200 RPM increments. Yep. And what you can do with that, well, actually, there's two two things I want to say on this. What you can do with that is, I in that car, the way it's set up with the converter it has and the shocks it has, like this isn't something that's going to go to each car. But what I found out with that car is, I can get 10 slower or 10 faster by raising or lowering that RPM, that 200. Now that's just me and everybody's different. We know that from delay box racing because if I go hit your tree, I'm not gonna hit what you hit on mine, you know? I might be I might be late on yours and you're red on mine, you know? But uh, the other thing that, uh, the other thing that I was gonna say about that is you can get one of those just in time buttons or uh, you know, there's a billion different buttons, but it's a real long throw button, and you have these little washers, and all it is is a mechanical delay box. I mean, that's no, that's no secret. Like, if you can use one of those long throw buttons, then you can tune that in. Like, my buddy Adam, he had numbers written on him. He said this one is five, and then this one's a different thickness. This is ten, and all it takes is is testing tip. That's all it takes to figure that out. And then you're just dialing your delay box. Yeah, you can't say one, but you don't add one to your box. I mean, you add two, three, five, something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, kind maybe. Of, yeah. yeah I, I know. I remember one time I was listening. I think uh, blue drag coverage car, purple, purple. That's uh, yeah. Brandon Taylor. Brandon Taylor. He said, "I knew I wasn't going to be red, so I reached over and I put one thou in the box." I was running <laughs> mow in Indy. And it was right at it was at a rain rain delay. I felt like I was going to be one thou under. I added a thou to the box. I wish trip zip. Okay, so yes, people do add a thou. I kind of I kind of see Cody. Uh, well, uh, Cody Newman's point here. He says I kind of disagree. And this is about, of course, me saying that the difference in the two can't be that substantial. He says he thinks it is. He says RPMs always the same. You don't got to worry right. in your mind. Put put it up to twenty nine hundred on that FTI. You don't got to do that in your it's mind. It's not getting the converter hot. So that's a, that's out of the picture. Uh, he's saying that you can even adjust your button to do certain things. Where you say you adjust your launch, you can adjust it in a button, which is right. also. Uh, so I get your point, uh, Cody. That makes a lot of sense there. Uh, Kevin Grider goes on to say the Moroso button um, gives you a couple thou or three thou with the adjusted of the, of the collar. So he's basically right. telling you you adjust that Moroso button, and there's your adjustment. So. And that's that's kind of what I'm saying is like, and here's the thing is uh, talking about the spacers again. Guess what? What's what's half of five, George? Two and a half. Two and so a half, if you man. want to do that, saw that one in half. You got a bandsaw, saw it in half, hacksaw, whatever. <laughs> now you got that. Now you got two. You know what I mean? So it's it's not that hard to to rig that up. But what I'm saying is is that I really think that 
I mean, it really doesn't matter, to be honest with you, because, you know, if it's not called foot brake, you know what you're getting into. You can also use the button as well. You know what I mean? Sure. So I guess on one side of things, you know, whenever we're saying it shouldn't be ran in a in in a bottom bulb class, well, go run the race that says foot brake only. Yeah, and at the same time, Steve, even if it isn't, even if it isn't, you know, a requirement, you know, they want to say the, the buttons can't get in there. Well, the foot breakers, if they want to go to a trans brake button race, well, you can still enter it. You know what I mean? Right. Your chance of going double O is the same as the person pulling off the pulling off with a button, in my opinion. So Nasty Nick's just as good off the foot, if not better, than, than he is on a button. He said this year, uh, somebody had said that Nasty Nick said, he, I think 2021, he was not going to go back and forth because he'll do he'll do whatever he's doing. Like if he's at a top ball race, he'll hit the top. If he's at a if he's at a race that lets him use a button, he'll use a button. If he's at a foot break, he'll foot break. But this year he just decided he was gonna foot break the entire season and did you know, he was always deep. I don't know that I could say that he did just as good as his other years, but he was no slouch. I can tell you this, he came down here to CP promotions race and I was actually uh, there with Kevin Owen Little. And me and him both watched him. One pass, he was 11 total, and the next, he was 9 total. So I don't care what the guy does, uh, Mr. Nasty Man. Um, you're nasty. That's all I got for you. Well, so there you have it. Here's something that no one can really argue with, is that repetition is what makes you good at any sport, right? Sure. And you can run foot brake in foot brake. You can run foot brake in pro. You can run foot brake in top ball. You're allowed to run foot brake no matter what class you are. So if you have the ability to be good off the foot, in my opinion, that is actually the reason Nick Hastings is so good is because he can run any race that he's running and he will run every single race. If there's a race that weekend, Nick Hastings is going to the one that pays the most money, more than likely that has the most days to win. And He's, if he's foot breaking that entire time, he's getting all those hits that everybody else isn't getting because he's running big money foot break this week. Then he's running big money top ET. Then he's back to big money bottom mold race. And he's foot breaking the whole time, getting the feel and doing all that. And it's not hold, hard to hold your car on the converter if you know what it sounds like and you don't really have to pay attention. So and, and this brings me to Kevin Pollard with that, uh, that love truck. I think it's a love truck anyway. It sounds like when he comes off the line like a freight train in that thing, he doesn't put any RPM on that truck. Yeah, he might leave it off He just let, lets it off idle. So, guys, there's more than one way to skin a cat if I'm not wrong here. And uh, right. that car leaves hard enough where I'm, I'm pretty sure he can do it any way he wants to. And if he does leave with some RPM, we're going to set that bad boy on the back bumper pretty easily because it already leaves with the wheels in the air as it is. I've always thought that... Uh, I've always thought the best way to do it, and he's the one that gave me the idea, would be that you could, if you could, because his, his is fast enough where it can react that fast. And I really think he's actually reacting to the light going out rather than it coming on, because sure. it's got smaller front wheels on it too. So it's got less rollout, but uh, uh, his truck goes like 30s, right? Yeah, I, I think it's so, faster than that. It's an all aluminum 632. Yeah. I think he can probably go harder than that. So anyway, um, I've always thought the smartest way to do it is if you could figure out how to make it not stumble off idle would be then you can just adjust your idle RPM so you can be rather than idling at like 1300 you can make it idle at 1600 and then you're effectively adjusting that exact same thing like you do with your button except for you're just matting the gas and that's one last thing you got to do man that's like junior dragster racing matt the gas you know true. what I mean true hey and this is this could be goofy this is me being goofy here but how hard would it be to wire up a car, in your opinion, and in, in, in the chat, guys, to put the idle inside of the car to where you just put idle on a dial and you turn it up whenever it's time to race? Oh, that wouldn't be hard. They do that on motorcycles and boats and stuff all the time. All it is is a big, long extension cable, and you just, like, you, you could easily do that. That's no yep. big deal. Yep, and so, there you have it. So it's like you're doing a burnout and everything's good, but whenever you get ready to go to the line, you got a dial there. It's like, okay, let's just watch watch my RPM meter go up. You just turn it turn rpms up oh, you got I mean, it you could you could the uh that actually reminded me though that uh steve shepherd in here says should an idle stop solenoid be legal in foot brake and i want him to elaborate on what that is because i feel like it's maybe that thumb switch deal um, i've been seeing it on the uh, internet i think yeah because but i'm not sure if that's what he's talking about if anybody knows what an idle stop solenoid is if it's that thumb switch where you can bring it up to 
whatever RPM with your thumb rather than your foot. I'm, foot. I'm fairly certain that's what he's talking about, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and Sean uh, Pickerton saying a lean-out valve can do that. Yeah, but man, you better turn that bad boy off <laughs> before you go down the track and yeah. have some trouble, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, probably a fuel injection truck is what Kevin Grider's saying with the uh, Pollard. I, I, I bet it is, you know, to be honest. Um, right. And that truck's Troy's over here. Troy's over here asking me, he said, he said, your Nova's a foot brake car. How do you activate your two-step, the brake light switch? <laughs> no, I pull the whole delay box out, son. I don't want any part of all that stuff. So whenever I'm whenever I'm foot brake racing, I'm legit. Hey, and, and I'll tell you what. You know how you know because I suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. If you guys ever need a fast disconnect, BRG, he makes them 3D printed parts, man. He, he can make those things for you. I got a K&R one sitting in, sitting in a truck right now that I may toy with. I've never left off the bottom in well unless I'm in a regular streetcar. Um, like I had a uh, like a '96 or a 2002 Cavalier or something like that, and I left off the bottom with that thing swapping feet. So, um, but yeah, no. If you guys are thinking about wanting to go go foot braking and be able to hit the top and vice versa, and you need a fast disconnect mount of some sort, I know where you can get one. So just uh, hit up Mr. BRG himself. Yeah. So Steve, uh, Steve elaborated on that. Uh, he said what it is is it's used to hold it's used to hold the idle when your AC turns on in your streetcar. So basically what it does is, is once your AC kicks on it makes sure that your car doesn't die effectively. So it raises your idle so it can spin that AC compressor. Hmm. So it would be almost like a fast idle type thing. I mean it's uh, yeah it says right here it's a factory installed part on pre-1980 cars. I mean it's not illegal right? As far as I, I've never even heard of that before, so that would be an interesting uh, thing. I mean, I'm sure people would throw a fit about it once they figured out you were doing it, but uh, it sounds like that would almost be more of a mechanical feature rather than an electronic feature, so technically it couldn't really be illegal. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it would have to have some sort of electronics, I guess, to recognize what's going on. That's a good question, man. That's a good question. Champ says, no electronics and foot brake, and that's that. I mean, that's that's the truth, man. And uh, Champ, here's a question I have, because I'm not 100% certain. I'm pretty sure Galat's Mod ET is foot brake only. Is that is that right? Um, but anyway, that's that's another thing, George. I've noticed out here on the East Coast, there is no uh, street class. Hmm. Like there's there's no such thing. It's all you're either running top or you're running mod. Yep. And there is no street or trophy or any of that. So in that scenario, from what I've seen out here, everything's foot brake. Uh, if you're not running delay box, then it's foot brake almost everywhere I've ever been. I've never actually raced at a track, I don't think, out here in the southeast that uh, that you could use a button in bottom bolt racing. That's is that like that by you? I, you know, I think I don't hear anybody ever call street. I do hear sportsmen, though. And... I'm pretty sure sportsmen may be the, the bottom bulb racers altogether because the next call is top. I don't ever hear anybody call bottom. I just hear sportsmen for the races that I've gone to thus far. So right. uh, I do hear no E too. So I think they split them out here. Like if I'm at Ardmore, I remember hearing them vividly call no E and then like sportsmen afterwards. So um, they got them split up pretty good here. Pretty right. good. So They're saying that. Uh they're saying we don't get no box racers out here. Everybody's just foot brake, and that's foot brake or delay box, and that's that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's a, that was an excellent topic, actually, um, especially with last weekend being Loose Rocker's uh, foot brake frenzy, you know. So um, that was a, a heck of a, a race. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Um, David Stidham's in here in the chat, and he says the local track that he frequents calls it Street Sportsman. Um, and, um, so it seems like there's a lot of attention to the topic that we're on right now, where everybody is keeping them separate. It's almost like door cars versus dragsters in a sense. Right. Uh, oh, they're dude. keeping them all separate. That reminded me. So that was something I wanted to tell you. Um, so at Farmington Dragway, they do this thing called 450 Mad Dog, which is 450 Index Door Car Racing, and I was looking into it because my dad got done with the Chevelle, and I, that's what he, he wants to run that deal. And I was, I was looking at their bracket program because 
we're not just going to do that. I mean, I'm bringing, I'm bringing one of my cars too. You know, yeah. we're going to run everything if we're going to go, you know? So, uh, anyway, it's actually a pretty cool class, uh, that they have there. It's more of like a show type deal. But the thing I noticed at Farmington, first of all, they do round money and I think that's cool. And you think that's cool. And we're all about that. Everybody. YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I thought was interesting was at Farmington, at least at this particular race, it might not be how they always do it. They have like, it's like a $5,000 race, but they keep door cars and dragsters separate until the finals. And what they do is they call, so all the door cars run, all the dragsters run. And the last dragster in the lab door, last door car, they call that winning class. So you're a dragster class and you're a door car class. You win your class, you get a thousand bucks. And then you race off for, I would assume, the remaining four or something like that. But I kind of thought that was interesting. What do you think about that? I like it. I do, uh, to an extent. Of course, it has its place. Um, it seems like it would be more of a local track event type of deal where mm -hmm. Dragster won the whole Dragster side. There's a buy run there. Whatever the heck happens, you finish out the whole Dragster. Then you finish out the whole door car. I do like that. Uh, for It's a change, you know. It's a little bit of a change to add an extra spin um, to it. So, no, I definitely thing, don't have an issue with that. Well, the thing that I wondered about it was the fact that... Uh, the thing that I wondered about it was the fact that I know a lot of guys that I that I know. I'm not saying as the whole group, because I know that the Mod ET and the Footbreak guys are hardcore, and that's they think that's all there should be, and... I can see that side of things too. I like all of it. You know, I'm cool. I want to do all of it. That's the whole reason I built a Firebird, so that way I can do more foot rate racing with the Nova, because it was kind of on the weird side of things where it wasn't working right anymore. Right. But because uh, I was trying to go too fast with it, basically. But anyways, um, I was. I've I've known a lot of guys like my buddy again, my buddy Adam. He always was like, man, at least in foot brake and in and in pro and mod ET. Typically, I know there are some places that do allow it, but almost 99% of the time, dragsters aren't allowed in those classes. I know there's a whole lot of guys that think dragsters have massive advantages, which if you go back, uh, you know, we asked this a lot on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel, and we were just talking to Ryan Blakehorn on our last show uh, two weeks ago, and we asked him flat out, do you think that the dragsters have a huge advantage over door cars anymore? And he said, no, he said, in fact, he said, Ricky Jones in particular, he said, Ricky's car is one of the best ones out there. If you look at his 330 times, you can't say a dragster is better than a door car. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One thing I'm going to add here too, Sean Pickerton brings up a point that I never really paid attention to. It's that NHRA is super pro, pro and sportsman. IHRA is top mod and street. I never paid attention to that, but I think that reigns 100% true. Um, yep. So thank you for that. That's, that's almost like I play a lot of golf, and a lot of people don't know the red flag means the, the hole is in the front. The blue flag means the hole is in the back, and the white flag means the hole is in the middle. That's the same thing that I just got taught right there. So hopefully I taught you something about golf to everybody who plays, and, and, and you know, there you go. We'll tip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but... I've always wondered about that. I wondered if uh, I wonder if there'll ever be a day where everybody says, "Okay, we're all running." You know what I mean? Like, I think it would take a lot of stuff falling out to have that happen, where you're like you don't have a lot of cars or something like that. But I've always also thought, whenever these, you know, every once in a while you see tracks shutting down and stuff like that, what would it be like if if they said, you know, for example, there was a track in Utah. I remember like several years ago. And everything in Utah was getting sold. Well, that's because Salt Lake City was the last track or wherever out there. Ogden, maybe something like that. Anyway, it was shutting down. The next closest track was either in California or, I guess, Vegas. Or you have to go all the way up to Idaho or something like that. Well, everything was for sale out there. Well, in those guys' scenarios, what if they said, hey, guys, you know, we only have, like, 15 cars in top and 10 in mod and then we got some street cars what if we all just ran together and then at least the track can stay open in that scenario of course you'd say yes we just all want to race you know what i mean but what would that be like if everybody just all ran together because i think i think the footbreak guys are just as good as the top bulb guys anymore i mean nick hastings is living proof of that he's probably if right now in the country nick hastings is top five in any class he's run easy maybe top 
too. It's true. It's true. Uh, I definitely, but we've been watching all year long and, and seeing the bottom, the bottom bulb racers either be a foot break or um, bottle, you know, letting go on the bottom. We've seen these, the, this class begin to get a lot more publicity, a lot more racers beginning to go back and forth with it. Uh, and all, all of that is relevant to me. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I think you'll see a lot more um, uh, bottom bulb races, uh, especially the champs bottom bulb race. You know, we got some things going on uh, where champs going to hold a race, you know. Um, so I like it because it means that we have a lot more things to talk about as it pertains to bracket racing. So what else you got over there on the YouTube channel as far as chat goes? We got a lot of people talking to themselves, basically, <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking to each other. Um, we got uh, two step on a stick car foot brake uh, is allowed a lot of times. He says uh, loose rocker allows it, but Colbert does not. What do you think about that? I mean, I've always heard a two step on a stick car is always allowed just simply because you got to hold them in the same spot type deal. And everybody agrees driving a stick car is significantly more difficult than driving a uh, car with a power light or a turbo. Um, so I have no problems with, with stick cars running two steps. I don't know what all you foot brake guys think about. Sure. And I, I would have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of going to piggyback off of another one of uh, Sean Pinkerton's posts here. But they, he says there was a, a, a couple in Cara, uh, where he lives at who really won a lot of races in a 90s Cavalier. There's a reason for that. Thanks to right. Jason Phillips, I figured it out basically you hold the brake down to the brake you hold push it to the floor it'll click it'll you'll feel it, it'll click and then map the gas your rpms will not move <laughs> it'll, it'll rev but it won't move past a certain point it's almost like being on a limiter at that point so there's some hidden features in those older modeled street cars that really give you an ability to cut a light so <laughs> i knew about that thanks jason phillips and used it to my advantage quite a bit. So, um, right. yeah, there you have it. Dude, so check this out. Here's something that uh, that I forgot about. So earlier uh, this week, whenever I was off, I actually had time for once to actually sit around and watch TV or something, which I never really do. Hmm. So I'm sitting here watching TV while my wife has one of these Roku deals, like everybody has pretty much. And I noticed there's like a live TV feature, which kind of sucks because it's always a bunch of repeats and it's the same thing over and over for all of us car guys, just the same thing over and over and over. Well, I did see there's an NHRA channel now. And if you catch it at the right time, because uh, I'm not really interested in all the new stuff, I'm just not, uh, because I think money wins all the championships anymore. Well, I turned it on one day and like the 1967 Winter Nationals was on. Cool. And yeah, and then I, like so, I start. I was like, "Huh, that's kind of cool." So I started looking through. Well, they actually have like the '60s Winter Nationals. They had something from way back when, like Wally Parks was like our age. That's how old it was. Um, and you get to see like all the old pro stock cars. I saw. I I was sitting there next to uh, my wife, and I was like, "Hey, I think that actually this is. I'm pretty sure this is where Daryl Alderman." backfires through the intake of fireball and this is when everybody was like they are cheap <laughs> and that was it it died on the starting line and shot a fireball out and i was like that's it it was like 1990 something you know but uh or maybe 2000 i'm not sure but anyway it was way back then and there's a lot of really cool stuff and i just kind of like seeing the old cars like i saw uh a slingshot beat snake in a rear engine dragster that was cool you know stuff they don't uh, do anymore Right, exactly. I mean, I've, I've always, I don't know, I've always liked the old historical side of stuff. I really don't care about the new stuff. I like seeing the old cars, and I like seeing the people who I really consider to be the best racers, and like they were actually inventing things, and you get to see Garlitz race. I saw Garlitz race in a slingshot, you know, which, you know, he obviously invented the rear engine dragster, or made the first one work. Maybe not invented the first one, but made the first one really work. Right. Uh, yeah, so super cool. It's pretty cool. It looks like David Ferguson uh, watches uh, watches that channel too. So yeah, pretty much everybody has a Roku. My whole house is powered by Roku at this point. So I think I got maybe four or five of those jokers hooked up. So 
Um, Kevin Grider says 1990 ain't that long ago either, so. <laughs> so, no, that's pretty cool, man. So, man, we're coming up on the hour, and um, I did post a couple of links, guys. We're getting closer to Christmas. Hey, you need a Christmas gift? You need a t-shirt? This whole going bracket race t-shirt is pretty nice, and they're making good gifts, guys. So, I know I've, I've got a few lined up as gifts myself uh, to family, because I keep getting asked for them at this point, so. Um, Head on over to Speed Shark. Give a give a look at the Gorn Bracket Racing uh, gift shop. Uh, see if you like anything there. They're making good gifts right now. So, Casey, what do you got uh, in closing here as we come up on the hour? We're not quite well, there, but we're getting there. You did just remind me that uh, you did just remind me that my dad specifically told me in the garage. He goes, "You still owe me one of those Gorn Bracket Racing shirts, by the way." And I said, "Well, I set them on your bed whenever you were here last time, and you forgot to take them." And he's like, "Well, I just thought they were yours." And uh, I was like, well, I got them. They're still sitting on, on that other guest room bed, and he never got them. So they're still sitting again, there. Huh? <laughs> they're, they're, dude, there's like four of them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was a proud moment for me. My dad left uh, Sunday morning, and I got up about 6.15 and made him some coffee, and he didn't even take it because he doesn't drink coffee until after like 9 or something. So I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. And uh, he comes out, and he's like, going bracket racing t-shirt. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. He comes out of the room with a, a bracket racing t-shirt. And uh, that's pretty cool. And Kevin Griner, I, I, I just caught your post. He says, Bob Litton's the GOAT. All right, all right. We're not getting into that conversation today. I'm pretty sure we'll save that for our private chats. Me and Kevin kind of go back and forth on the private chat. Pretty good there. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. But no, nah, uh, it, it was a good holiday. Got a lot done. Again, guys, Champs Performance, TSR Racing Products. You need something for transmissions. You need something that's just a, what about a spark plug? You can't find it. Jeff can. That's all I got for you. So, Chance Performance, go ahead, give him a call. He can find it. That's all I got. What you got in closing, Casey? Oh, man, just kind of repeating what you said. Thanks, Chance Performance. Thanks, TSR Racing Products. If you guys need anything, hit those guys up. Hit up the people that actually support us. Uh, hit up the people that make all their stuff in the USA. Uh, you know, you, you can't ever go wrong with that. And you're not going to get from those two people, you won't get better service than those two people, period. You got it, man. You got it. Well, guys, hours here. You know how we do it. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for joining in.